Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk to you about my progress with working in the stock video market. Super interesting stuff. I'm sure everybody has, uh, if they're interested in stock video, they probably got more experience in it than I do. But as uh, someone who's just kind of more recently started, I've been trying to upload a lot of elements to a couple stock photography and stock video websites. I'm having a complication though because really it seems like a lot of the staffs of these locations are, are quite slow to jump on the opportunity to add more video to their services. Of course, they say that they will and it probably will happen, but I guess specifically what I mean is that there, there doesn't seem to be an automated approval process. So even once you list some of these things out, like currently I've been waiting about four and a half weeks for someone, some person physically in an office at this location, which is probably a very small company really in, in, in actuality uh, for some person in that department to review the content and then make contact with that person as, as they onboard them into the system of, of selling stock video in the marketplace or whatever that is. So it's kind of interesting learning about that a little bit, but it's definitely a little hiccup in the process of learning how to organize stock video onto the marketplace. You can see more of my work at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. Kind of continuing with some of the stuff that I've been talking about the last couple episodes, talking about... Uh, some everyday carry camping stuff that uh, an outdoorsy stuff that I have around with me. I was, I was going to talk a bit about flashlights too. I've uh, been trying to pick up some uh, some kind of outdoor flashlights that I can have around with me. How did the headlight? How I have a headlamp. I have a black diamond headlamp. I like that headlamp. It works pretty well for me. It's a pretty uh, rugged kind of outdoorsy sort of REI ready tool. Works pretty well. I think it's around like 190 lumens or so for the spotlight piece. And then there's sort of a, a not as bright kind of wide angle LED light on there too. Also has the switch over to the red LED. A lot of that stuff is nice. Works pretty well. Hasn't really failed me yet. Runs on three AAA batteries. I think it's a pretty cool piece. I think it's been fine. Um, I've been also kind of looking around at other flashlight units and other kind of outdoors um, sort of uh, work and utility flashlights that I can get a hold of. Uh, for the longest time, as, as a, a kid, I was really into the mag light systems, you know, like the, the kind of like the cop lights that you'd have that runs on the D-cell uh, size batteries. And I had like the, the two-cell flashlight. That was a good one to kind of put in a, they had like a truck holster, these little uh, pins that you could put down, kind of drill them straight down to the bed of your truck by your, uh, your left-hand driver's side as you kind of drop down to the floor there before you get out your driver's side door. And you could kind of pop in a two-cell mag light there as your truck light. And I always thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> but I'd have the, I have the mag lights and stuff around a long time. Uh, I think they, that's what, you know, they have like the five cell mag light, they have a four cell, a three cell. They have the two double a mag lights. They have, you know, them all across the, the lineup and stuff. Had those for years. Those ended up kind of failing on me after a while. I know they're really not supposed to, but I think like the back end sort of rusted up. And then I had some trouble with corrosion with the batteries that were in there. And I wasn't able to break it open with the, the PB blaster penetrating fluid that I was hoping to use on it. Anyway, that's all to say that uh, Maglite has been put aside, I think, for a couple of years. I've been using other stuff. LED is the way to go. Maglite hasn't really updated the technology so that you're still using kind of a real lame 
like 50 or 80 lumen um, incandescent bulb that they just pop in there, uh, which I think is really inferior, especially at this point. And their LED conversion options that they make, I think are really limited and aren't really anywhere near the type of LED. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's like a reproduction of the same incandescent bulb, but as like an LED it has a real kind of harsh, I thought blue light to it. And it doesn't really have that kind of uh, bright and crisp sort of layout uh, and focusing beam system that you get even with really cheaply made Chinese LED lights now. So I was trying to find um, something that kind of brought in some of the cool sort of outdoorsy or utility stuff, toughness that the mag light had with its branding or, you know, kind of with its flashlight engineering uh, and then something that kind of brought in some of the cool LED focusing beam light technology stuff that we have with the more modern flashlight set that we've had over the last uh, 10 years or so, right? Like blue LEDs came out in 2008, something like that. So that's the first time that we had red, green, and blue LEDs, which allowed us to make white LEDs. And that allowed us to make, you know, all these cool color changing uh, light emitting diode patterns that we have now. And that's where we can get these diodes that are real bright and just kick out a ton of light versus their power output. So we can run these incredibly bright thousand lumen flashlights out of just like a handheld couple battery, you know, like I don't know, a few, what, a four D cell battery or an eight double A cell battery. You can load up these flashlights or you can load them up with your own rechargeable batteries, which is a really cool new feature. You, know, you kind of juice them up with USB like your iPhone. And then punch that light on. You can run a sustained, uh, like, 1,000-lumen torch for hours off of that. It's really cool how you have those kind of options now. So that's the sort of stuff that I was looking into. I was looking into a couple different brands of sort of um, durable, reliable, and uh, useful sort of outdoor utility flashlights. Um, I think that the Marines or Special Forces use one specific light that's like $1,000. It's insanely priced. Then... I was finding this other one, Streamlight. I don't know, have you heard of these flashlights? I've heard of them a bit before. I've seen them in uh, some other stuff, and it seems like they're kind of, uh, I don't know, sort of like an industry standard. So I think if you're doing a lot of, like, first responder work or, like, you work with an, you work in an ambulance, I think you have, a, like, Streamlight has a contract with a lot of emergency response people, and so they have, like, these Streamlight flashlights. Some really cool stuff. It seems, like, nicely made Um Utilities, a lot of metal flashlights, a lot of polycarbonate flashlights, a lot of safety flashlights, a lot of, uh, uh, what are, the, not lanterns, I don't know, like these big, you know, kind of like big carry lights that have like three, sort of like uh, three LED diodes laid out in this triangle shape on the front, and then a red flash on the side. Man, these big old honking lights, but they're expensive. Man, if you get, if you get, uh, I think like their top, uh, whatever their, they're 2020. It's like it's like iPhones or something. But man, they're serious about it. Their 2020 model flashlight is like $170. You get like a thousand lumen handheld flashlight. It's rechargeable. It's got a bunch of buttons on it. It's supposed to be drop proof, shatter proof, tactical proof, or you know, all sorts of stuff that they're kind of making claims on um, on its usefulness and, and its reliability. And it's pretty cool, man. These lights are just incredible on like some of the stuff that they can do. It seems, you know, I mean, uh, or at least like to, to whatever degree they're trusted in uh, emergency response or police use. I think like the police use these stream light, uh, lights a lot. A lot of people in uh, kind of professional settings seem to, to use them a lot. So I was looking around at them. Minimum, even just for pen lights, those are starting at like 30 bucks, it seems like. 
And then as you're getting into like some of their nicer mid-range stuff, you're talking about 50 bucks a light or you're talking up from there into something even uh, even higher into like the $100, like averaging $80 to $100 to $200 or $250 for some of these, uh, these lantern lights that they have listed out there. So cool, cool lights, cool flashlights. Man, if I was going to get a premium flashlight, <laughs> I'd probably get one of these. Seems like they're going to last a long time. Um, seems like they have good warranties with them, and they've got like a bunch of a bunch of different stuff around it that uh, that seems like man, what a cool light! Or you know, like that's going to be a really reliable constructed piece that you can carry around with you. But at that price point, I just can't really see that it matches what I need and where I need to go very well. I can't really spend seventy five dollars on a flashlight it just sort of doesn't really quite fit with what i'm trying to be up to right now and for the way that i've kind of been talking you know it's like flashlights sort of go bad you know use them for a while but you don't use them all the time uh or at least like in my circumstance like you know it's like uh, i use it i like to use it i need to have a flashlight i got them i got them around where i need them but uh, i need it to be good but i also needed to fit a certain price point um where you kind of get the the best uh, sort of trade-off between these two different things. And I think you can make a quality flashlight for less than $100, right? So I was looking around. I found this other brand out of Portland um, called Coast. And you see them. They're distributed everywhere. You can find them in a lot of places. You can, I think you can find them at Walmart. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. They're all over on Amazon in stock. Uh, you can find them on their site. You can find them, what was I going to say? At Home Depot. They've got a big selection uh, just laid out at Home Depot there. You can get a bunch of different pieces, lanterns, uh, magnetic work lights, uh, like utility lights, and then a bunch of ranges of flashlights. Now, they have a steel, or like, how do I say, like a, a mag light style series that's sort of a steel metal casing. And then they also have this other one that's a polycarbonate casing that's uh, sort of like, um, I don't know, it would almost look like plastic, but it's like a, a steel case with a polycarbonate coating that's supposed to be good for some outdoor or, you know, some kind of, um, well, I guess, uh, higher work stress threshold uh, flashlights. So I think um, that's kind of what I went. I went with Coast, uh, and I thought it was kind of cool that they were a Portland company. They've got a whole LED line. They've got like a line of knives too that are inexpensive and kind of cool to get a hold of. And if you can find them, I'd throw one of those in the toolbox. It seems kind of fun. Um, but uh, these lives, these uh, these lights, these flashlights, is pretty easy to get a hold of. I, I picked up um, a Polysteel 400. I think that's a 400 lumen uh, handheld Polysteel light. It takes four double A's, and that's got like a real solid beam on it. And the Polysteel is cool. It's that polycarbonate case, so it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, plastic, but it's like uh, it's like that. It's a polycarbonate, so it's like the plastic, or you know, it's like that kind of uh, the plastic that's on a Glock handle, or it's on uh, you know like a knife handle or something like that. But real sturdy. You can kind of slam that thing onto the ground, and it seems like it. Uh, it still stays intact, still uh, still works. And I think that's uh, sort of one of the things that this this model prides itself. You can go online to uh, coastportland.com, their website, and you can watch these tests, these uh, stress tests of their flashlights where for, for whatever use this is, I don't know if you're, if you're going to do this a bunch, I guess get this flashlight, but they, they have a guy up on like a 10-story building and he chucks this lit flashlight off the building down into an empty parking lot below. You watch the flashlight fall to the ground, drop, boom, bounce, kick over, slide off, and uh, the light stays on 
<laughs> wow, what a miracle. It still works. Uh, so I guess the, I guess it's tough is what they're telling me, uh, which is really actually pretty wild. If you try and do that with a lot of other LED flashlights, you, you're really going to have that LED. Um, you're going to have the power to the LED interrupted from the battery source. That's going to get knocked out and probably cracked or messed up. Uh, and the LED circuitry itself is going to crack and shatter. And you're not going to be able to use that chip anymore to emit light in the same way that you had been before. So that's what's really cool about these is that they can take what seems like, uh, you know, like, what are you doing this for kind of a thing. But they're crush proof. I think they're waterproof IPX8 rated flashlights. Uh, they've got the, uh, the COB, the chip on board uh, light panel, LED light panel kind of on the side of one of the flashlights that I picked up. Uh, you know, it's got the straight beam ahead. But then it's got that kind of newer LED lantern effect that uh, some of these flashlights have now where it's got instead of just like a single spotlight LED lens through the front of the light, they've got this like strip of LEDs. Now on the side of it, you kick, a, kick another switch, that turns on, and it's sort of more of a, a broad and open lantern light that you'd have. Or if you're walking a dog or something like that, or you want to kind of fill ambiently the light in a room with a flashlight, you can kick that light on. And sort of a softer illumination across across the ground without any uh, kind of spotlight. And it's sort of a warmer white color, too. You also click that button one more time, boom, it turns into red. So you got a safety light. You click it one more time, and you've got flashing reds, which is uh, pretty cool that you have uh, a few of those different options. But, uh, but yeah, I got, um, I got that one. That's, a, I think, a, almost a 1,000. What is it? I should get that right. I think it's... I think it's 800 lumens out the front spotlight and then another 500 lumen light out the side chip on board um, COB or whatever it is, but uh, that, that side light. So, uh, yeah, really bright lights. I got that 400 lumen spotlight. There's also, um, like I was talking about headlamps earlier, I had that black diamond one. I think that was like a, maybe like 150 lumens. It sort of averaged out to be there for the spotlight and the wide the wide light that I had there for, for this coast stuff. They have a, they have a headlamp. It looks more like a miner's headlamp, you know, like the cool thing about the led stuff, the, the backpacker stuff. Um, that's all kind of sleek in design. It's small. It's kind of a compact methodology that they're laying it out in. But if you look back in time and you look at, um, like the miners lights, they had these minor headlamps. It was, Oh man, how silly would that have been? But I think it was just kind of a shiny piece of metal that kind of cupped around a pretty regular incandescent bulb, and that was supposed to sort of lens forward your light for you, so you could kind of grab it and focus it all toward the toward the front of you. And uh, that was a pretty inferior way of doing it at the time, but that was how they produced their headlamp spotlights at the time. They've kind of improved that technology over the last hundred years, of course. And uh, even during the the you know the battery operated days, you would have like a a big miner's light, like the high end headlamps are like just these big old beastly lights, and then it runs a wire down to your hip, where on your belt you have a battery pack hooked up, and then you kind of switch it on from there. It juices up your light up your back on a on a cable, and then boom, out the front of the light comes I don't know five hundred lumens or four hundred lumens or whatever it is. You get you get your real sustained light there. Um, now with some of the advancements of the LED stuff, you still have those lights and those are really high end and really cool technical lights. But even just looking at, uh, some of these, uh, kind of more simple, uh, headlamps from coast that they had, they had, you know, kind of the big kind of miners headlamp style spotlight section thing there. And that put out 400 lumens of light, which was, uh, you know, maybe I don't know, double at least what my little headlamp was doing. Um, so it's kind of cool that you can just kind of pop in 
pick up some of these other tools and stuff and uh and they're waterproof crush proof um ipx8 rated kind of outdoor uh, utility tools and so it's cool that you can get a hold of those things and it's nice that they're as inexpensive as they are they're really a lot less than those stream light lights um but man i really like those stream lights also so i'm going to try and keep an eye on them and if it seems like it uh, comes up with a, a good deal or a good value on trying to pick up one of those um, those kind of stream light, higher end lights, I might go for it too. But really for the value for money and the utility that it provides, it seems like these coast lights are a real score. The last one I picked up was a pen light. So this is sort of the everyday carry light that I've got with me in my bag or actually in the ammo can. Um, I put that uh, that kind of that smaller polysteel 400 coast light that's in the in the ammo cam box but in the pocket every day i've got this uh this little pocket pen light still kind of the same thing i think it's a, a 110 lumen light it's got two AAA batteries in it and uh it's about the size of a pen just a little bigger kind of a like a bit of a like a like a thick sharpie is sort of about as big as it is but that slides into the pocket it's got the same uh waterproof rating crush proof rating is uh as the other pieces that i had talked about but yeah it's just a, a smaller uh handheld pen light that i like uh really quite a bit i think it's pretty cool to to have uh to have like a more full-size light i know my i know my phone has its led on it that's really nowhere near as bright as what i'm able to get out of this uh out of this pen light so it's kind of cool having that uh, piece around me and even even already in the last couple of days i've noticed i pulled this thing out a lot more than i thought i would to try and uh, try and use it as a utility especially in spots where the uh, the phone light would have come in is no good. So kind of fun stuff going around, working the uh, flashlights, trying to check out some different brands and stuff. Maybe I'll still try out a mag light in the future. Those are kind of fun for uh, nostalgia's sake, but I think some of these coast lights might be the, uh, the direction I go in. It's kind of fun. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it if you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Billy Newman photo. I've been trying to do so. It's a few different things that I've been trying to, to te- check out. Um, a lot of it around some of the stuff I was just talking about around the IPFS interplanetary file system stuff that I've been thinking is uh, pretty fun. It's kind of cool checking out some of these uh, different systems that people are creating, like D tube that I've talked about a few times. Uh, D sounds dot audio is another one that I've been trying to publish too, which sort of has its ups and downs in some way. But then really on the other side of it is uh, some of the stuff that you can do just with the browser system. Or I, I think right now I'm using Sidereus. And then there's also the ability to, I guess, set it up from the command line or something like that. But Sidereus, the Orion by Sidereus, I think it's Orion by Sidereus, seemingly to be the easiest way to get an IPFS node started on your computer. 
Windows, Mac, or Linux, uh, which is pretty cool. So I have mine going on a Windows 10 computer over here. I have it going on two Macintosh computers. And I'm still trying to figure out sort of how it works. I think a lot of stuff that you're putting up is going on to your local node and then it's being served out from there. But I was testing it out the other day just with uh, Marina. And we like uploaded a small picture and got the hash link for it and then opened it in the browser on her computer and it pulled up the image fine it pulled up like an ebook thing that i put up there too so it's pretty cool uh that you can find it that you can i guess even have that build out but really interesting how it works so i'm trying to i guess use that a little bit more and put up a bunch of the videos and stuff that i have up there in a way where i can use it in the long term you know my understanding of it is that it's sort of persistent on the internet and that it'll be there distributed for a long time if it if it gets distributed properly before i think like if it gets off my node or something like that but i'm not even sure if that really breaks it or not i'm not sure yet but i'm trying to figure it out pretty exciting stuff though figuring out the distributed web the other part of it i'm trying to figure out is how to do website publishing onto the distributed web and I think there's a few tools that are going to be in development. Probably right now they're supposed to be released maybe closer toward the end of 2019. But one that I'm checking out, well, there's two of them. There's the Pico CMS, which has been used, I think, on Linux for a long time to make standalone HTML sort of CMS-based or C HTML CSS websites through a CMS. Well, that's a lot of letters. Uh <laughs> But there's this other one, though, that is the one that I mean to talk about, which is called Publi, that I think is still in beta right now. It's a piece of software that runs, again, on uh, Mac, Linux, and Windows. I have it on my, I think, on two Macs right now that I've been trying it out on. But there's a few different themes. It's a standalone program that runs on the computer, and then you can select a, a theme, and then you can go through and make modifications to that theme and add your content into it, like pictures and whatever your posts are that you want to have add to it. And then you can preview it, and it's just a standalone file architecture that it's building, like on the computer where it's writing out the code and the CSS file that it's supposed to reference to. So it's working pretty well. It's kind of cool. I'm trying to uh, check it out a little bit and sort of see what kind of little site I could build with it. But the reason that I say all that is because standalone websites, as opposed to the things that are sort of set up more like a database like WordPress that I've got going on, I think that this, well, maybe you could do it with WordPress too. I'm not really totally sure about it. But from what I understand, though, the standalone, just sort of flat HTML website is pretty easy to put up onto this distributed web that I keep talking about. So you can take that standalone file that contains the text and photos and code and stuff for your website, put it up onto your distributed web IPFS node, and then take that hash link and then open that in any browser, and then that'll open up whatever website content you have there, and it'll show it in the browser. It's kind of a, a cool idea. There's a couple limitations to it, I guess, on like updating the website and how that works with the hash. I guess the hash remains static related to exactly the information that was that was in the file when the hash was made. And if any data in that file has changed, a new hash would be created. And so each hash that exists would be specific to a certain time that that, that site was uploaded and published, I guess. So there's some way to get around that, I guess, by using another string of numbers or letters, the IPNS, uh, which is supposed to kind of correct some of the, the network stuff around using the file system that we've been talking about a little bit.
but it's kind of cool. It's just sort of some of the development tool stuff that I've been thinking about. Uh, but what I'm going to try and do is put together sort of a run through of a bunch of photos, maybe like a little basic portfolio thing that I could try and put together. Also, similarly, it's a ready-to-go site, so if it works well enough, I might try and append it to the site that I'm working on, you know, like my WordPress site, as sort of a piece that I sort of do maybe some kind of side project with. Maybe it'll be like a subdomain that I, I set up under... Uh, you know something something dot billy newman photo dot com as the subheading uh, so i can set up you know some side project i've seen people put like their photo portfolios up like that which i could do something like that or i could do i don't know just some other kind of information project altogether maybe that'd be kind of cool to do i'm sure wordpress and everything i have kind of going there is more than adequate to put together whatever tools I need to display on my website, but I'm trying to think of something something kind of cool to do with this uh, CMS program that I've been checking out. So it's kind of interesting stuff. I like, uh, I like getting into that a bit. I've been adding a, diff- uh, like a few different things to my website too, the, the BillyNewmanPhoto.com website, where I haven't really paid as much attention in the past to SEO and the schemes around SEO that you're supposed to try and uh, fill in when you're putting up content on the site. So there's like meta tags, descriptions and alt tags, title tags. I guess a lot of those uh, focus keywords or focus key phrases, I've never really put much of that stuff in in the past. So I'm trying to go back through a lot of those photos and a lot of the different uh, pages and content and add in the like links that I would be looking for or like sitemap links or the different pieces uh, sort of on the website that would help me kind of link around and make it sort of a more a more full functioning interconnected website that's something that I'm, I'm kind of trying to go for and, and really I want to try and put up a lot more onto that website in a way that uh, is, is more functional and, and sort of more fun for me speaking of fun here's another warm pad to throw in there uh, but I'm trying to make my website a little bit more fun to use uh, and a little bit more fun for like people to go uh, see and check out. So it's it's kind of like a limited amount of content that's up there right now. Man, enough of me playing piano. I should learn some chords or something if, if I'm going to do that. But um, but as it goes on my website, there's like a few of the photos that I have there that are displayed well enough. But I really want to up that so that the the photo display is really in its most interesting and like highest level that I could probably get it to. And I think I can, we can get pretty close to, uh, to getting like a, a handful of different portfolios. This sort of are a couple different selections and kind of showing stuff a little better than it shows right now. And I also want to try and put up some more, uh, like business stuff too, like, uh, shops and products that are for sale and, uh, different links out to content locations where things are a little bit more thoroughly put together. That's sort of something I'm trying to hope for, but that's all separate from the distributed web stuff. That's all kind of more for fun where uh, it seems like only like a couple thousand people are, are using and publishing stuff to the distributed web sites right now. Like I've been on DTube a bunch of the day and I've, been, I've just been trying to like upload a bunch of the videos that I've had over on YouTube. So I'm just trying to cross post a bunch of those to, to DTube and see how it's working. And it's interesting to try out. I really can't tell if anybody's seeing it because I don't think there's a view counter really it's showing information like someone's viewing it or maybe sometimes it gets a comment or some some interactivity so that that's probably some proof but just as like a regular view goes i don't really see any information around it there uh but i'm trying to look at like all the videos that are being uploaded you can just kind of go to a feed and it says new you know it's all the videos that have been uploaded in the last three hours and you can just see a list of them so like on youtube it'd just be like a, a ridiculous flood of stuff coming in i think like every minute they get more videos than you can watch in a year you know there's just some ludicrous stat like that 
on this one, you, you just see like, oh, the last hour, there's been like four of my videos and three videos from somebody else and a few videos from some other people. So it's still like real bare bones, kind of early days, it seems like. But it's kind of fun trying to put up some videos and uh, and try and uh, just check out the service, see how it works. And I'm also trying to figure out a little bit more of like how, how well, it's different than the... I, don't, I just don't understand it very well. I don't understand how like DTube works as a decentralized location. It seems like you log in, but you log in with like this cryptographic key that they don't have like at a centralized location. And I just don't understand that. Like what? Like I don't know, it's just it's just weird. How, how does that work? How is it like not on a server somewhere? All these videos. So I put up probably like thirty videos or something on this uh, this DTube page for my account, Billy Newman. And yeah, it's going interestingly so far but i'm gonna try and get a bunch of those collected so that i can go around and uh put a put a bunch of the links out in some places too maybe maybe on my website or online and some social places or something like that too so i can get the word out about it but that's also that's what that's a trick right now with it too is that there's really no search engine for the distributed web or there's no directory system in within it within the, the distributed web to sort of see what's interesting there so or maybe there is and i haven't found it yet uh but it really seems like you have to go to somewhere like Reddit or some forum that's talking about it somewhere just on the regular internet where someone's already published a set of links to take you over to these distributed web locations. So it's kind of interesting. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman photo podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on Billy Newman photo.com. A few new things up there, some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other other outbound sources, some, some links to books, some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at billynewmanaphoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.